This is Staff Sergeant Doug Sandberg inviting you to join us for our next edition of Let's Talk Vets. We'll feature conversations and personal recollections with Vietnam veteran Charles Hine, plus an in-depth look at the Stephen Siller Tunnels to Towers Foundation with the chairman and CEO, Frank Siller. All this, plus the latest veterans news. Let's Talk Vets, Wednesday, March 13th, 7 p.m., on your community radio station, WJFF. And you're tuned to WJFF Radio Catskill, Jeffersonville, and Jeffersonville at W233AH Monticello. It's coming up on 8 p.m. Uh, tonight, a slight chance of snow showers after midnight, mostly cloudy with a low around 23. And Tuesday, mostly cloudy, then gradually becoming sunny with a high near 31. Uh, Tuesday night, mostly clear with a low around 16. And Wednesday, mostly sunny with a high near 45. Wednesday night, mostly cloudy with a low around 30. Uh, Chance of showers after 2 p.m. on Thursday, mostly cloudy with a high near 51. And Thursday night, showers likely after 2 a.m. Coming up next, Trailer Talk with Sabrina Artel. Stay tuned. This week on The Bioneers. I think it is crucial how we see Eve. And although she is a character in a parable, we know myths rule our existence. They become the architecture of our actions and lives. I'm Neil Harvey. World-renowned playwright and activist Eve Ensler joins us this week. It's Ecstatic Revolt, the new mythos of Eve on the Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. Thursday afternoon at 2.30, right after Bodhi Talk. Welcome to Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. I'll bring you all kinds of stories from all kinds of people. Whether it's a live public conversation and we're speaking from the kitchen table of my 1965 Beeline travel trailer, from the studios or on the streets, please sit back and enjoy the conversation right here this time every week. Pray as you linger that 
Can I kiss flowers on my grave? I'll soon be with the angels on that bright and Sweet, sweet syrup. That maple syrup, those beautiful sugar maple trees. It's maple syrup season in the Northeast, and spring is on the way in the Catskills. I'm shedding the weight of winter and getting ready to fly like those geese coming back home and the wild ducks on the pond, the robins darting across the road, the streams flowing again, and the rhododendrons uncurling their leaves. Some fun maple syrup facts from... Cornell University in New York. Around 300 different natural flavor compounds have been found in pure maple syrup. A sugar maple tree is usually 30 years old or more and at least 10 inches in diameter before it's tapped. Syrup flavor is affected by soil type, tree genetics, weather conditions during the maple season, and when the sap is collected. Maple syrup is produced only in the northeastern United States and eastern Canada. No one knows the exact reason for the higher sugar content of the sugar maple tree. Scientists suggest that it may be related to the structure of the wood and the sugar is stored in the wood. During cooler periods when temperatures fall below freezing, suction develops, drawing water into the tree. This replenishes the sap in the tree, allowing it to flow again during the next warm period. Hello, my name is Jamie Noweth. I'm from Mongup Valley, New York. You said you used to make maple syrup as a, as a kid? Yeah, we started making maple syrup. I was probably about 9 or 10, and that was always like the first signs of spring is around the corner because the days would get warmer and the nights were still really cold. And my dad used to tap the trees, and I'd go around and collect the sap, and I would cut all the little pieces of wood to make the fire, and it was a very long process. <laughs> was, it was it the hours and hours and hours of boiling down all the sap to make that like precious nectar. You know, it was like when you finally got your little gallon after boiling down like 40 gallons and we'd be like, be careful, don't spill it. You know, it was like so precious. The little, <laughs> the little sap that we'd get after, you know, the syrup that you'd get after hours and hours and hours of laboring. How do we know if it's a good or a bad maple syrup season? What would you say this one is? I don't really know. Below freezing at night and then warmer in the day so that the sap flows. That's all I know is about that. So was this something you would look forward to then as a kid? It was. It was. It was, it was fun, you know, running around in the woods and gathering all the sticks and collecting the syrup and checking the buckets to see how much syrup you had. And it was fun. And is your dad still doing this? He actually still is. He just was gathering up all of his maple syrup supplies a week ago and he started making syrup. We just got our first glass jar of syrup from dad. So he has some syrup already. And how do you use your, your syrup? We use it on our breakfast mostly, pancakes, waffles, um, oatmeal. And we always, you know, have to, the grown-ups have to dispense it on the children's plates because we don't want them to waste any, not a drop. <laughs> it's so interesting thinking about the different degrees of spring here mm -hmm. in the Catskills and what represents it. So for you, the true start then is the making syrup. yeah and then after that is really when like the daffodils start to pop up and the buds start to appear on the trees so yeah the first sign of spring is maple syrup thank you jamie hi i'm carol hipsch what is it that you like about maple syrup it's thick 
it's sweet, it's warm. I think it's incredible that it takes 40 gallons of sap to make one gallon of the syrup. I just ordered um, two half gallons of it from somebody in my job, along with some maple cream. Do you associate the maple syrup at all with springtime around here in the Catskills? Absolutely. It goes along with uh, Little League, baseball, maple syrup, green leaves, and flowers. I'm delighted to share a previous New York State Maple Syrup Weekend with you from my neighborhood in the Sullivan County Catskills, as this year's is coming up. I'm in my car on Aiden Road in Liberty, New York, heading towards Parksville, because today is New York State Maple Syrup Day, and I'm headed towards the Muthig Farm, who will be giving educational tours about the history and making of maple syrup. It's March 19th. I want to focus on my hometown and what people have been doing here for hundreds of years. Oh, we got another tour starting if people get out here. Well, I'm trying to get water hot. So I am now at the Muthig family farm, and you're Dot Muthig? Yes, I'm Dot. Hi. How, how long have you had this farm? Well, we started the, we built the first part of this in 1958, and then we added on. This part we added on later on. So but we've been making syrup here since 1958. So you've been making syrup since 1958, and we're standing at the entranceway to, what do you call this structure? <laughs> <laughs> we call it a sap house. The sap house, and yeah. I'm looking at steam coming up from a machine in, yeah, in the that's next room. called evaporator, and it's evaporating most of the water out of the sap because it's only like 3% sugar content, so it takes a lot to evaporate and get it down to syrup. So how many pounds then of the syrup to come, I mean, what's the ratio of the sap to the syrup? Uh, roughly 40 gallons to one. That's amazing, 40 so, gallons to one. Sometimes towards the end of the season it'll be even more. And what is the significance of today being the day of this tour and that you are starting the process of making the maple well, syrup? this is um, New York State Maple Weekend. And we've been doing this now. Last year we did it for the museum the, in Diamond Valley Museum in, that's going to be in Gramsville. So it's more or less in conjunction with the Maple Weekend, which is statewide. How many maple trees do you have here? We don't count trees. We count the buckets. The buckets. <laughs> so how many buckets then? Well, we've only got about 500 out yet, but usually we have a little between six and 700. So we, we haven't tapped all of our trees yet. We're waiting for it to get warmer. <laughs> I know. Well, it's supposedly spring, isn't it, the next yeah, day? Tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. Well, the sun is shining. The no. snow's melting. No. I'm now walking into the sap house. Oh, and I'll have to speak to you, the man with the gloves on, by this. What's, what's going So this is, I, whoa, I'm in the sap room. It's warm. Yeah, and uh, right. it feels really great. What's your name? Raymond Muthick. Great. I just spoke with Dot a bit about the history of your land here and your trees and the buckets, 500 to 700 per season. So right now, are you making the syrup? Yes, we're making it. This is the first we've gathered yesterday, and we haven't got much sap, but we're boiling what we've got. That's, that's it. And is that because it's been so cold late in the season that you don't have that much sap? Yeah, it gets too cold nights and not warm enough daytime. So uh, you're loading up the wood here then in this huge wood stove, and it's an amazing room. 
this is where our storage shows. The sap's filtered up here. Oh. Before it goes into that one, comes down into this one. And then if you look inside, this is this is how much sap I got left to boil today. Very little. We're talking under 12 inches. Yes. And then it comes in here, goes into where what they call a preheating pan. It heats the sap before it goes into the evaporator. It's going down in the evaporator and just keeps circulating all the way around. And on the other side, I'll show you the difference in the color. Great. So why is it that maple syrup sap is the, the one sap then to, to make syrup from, the one tree that one can make syrup from? Well, uh, Alaska makes it in birch, but the sugar tongue tents is not, it takes double the birch sap to make a gallon of syrup as it does maple. So the maple tree is the sweetest tree then? Is, is the sweetest tree. <laughs> you notice how clear that is? Yep. Okay, now you see this is starting to color. Oh, okay. And if you look down in here too, you'll see it's getting a little darker. Oh, I see. It's not, it's not quite syrup yet. So this trough that I'm looking into, that becomes the syrup that I would that, then that eat? That would be the finished pan. Then once it is served, it'll start coming off automatic and it's filtered through these, all these filters. So it's 40 pounds yeah. of sap to one pound of the syrup? That's the average. I think last year it was like 43 gallon. They figured for the whole season, 43 gallon to make one. That's really incredible. So now the process is you tap the trees with the buckets and you have between 500 and 700, let's say, a season. Yeah. You then put it into this... Uh, we have gathering stations. And then from there it runs gravity to the, the sap house in our storage tanks. And then it keeps running gravity all the way down into the, to the evaporator. So this is a lot of labor then for oh, yeah. a small amount of maple syrup. <laughs> Do, are you still liking the whole process oh, of this? Well, it's something we've been doing since 1958, so it's something that's, right. you know. Are you still eating maple syrup? Oh, yes. Every, <laughs> about every morning I'm a cook cereal. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, yes. That's... So it's you, Raymond Muthig, and your wife, Dot Muthig, who run this farm and produce the syrup? Uh, yes. Well, we don't do much farming. I'm a retired iron worker from Newburgh. This was something that we've, you know, done since 1958. And well, thank you very much. I think, is Dot leading the tour? Is that what's going uh, on out there? No, I think Dennis. Dennis. Well, thank you. I'd love to come back in here and poke around, but this is, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. To, uh, let's take a walk up the road. No big rush. Everybody, kids, everyone, come on up. It's okay. You take your time. That's good. Any any place right in here, folks, is fine. All right, we're gonna we're gonna give you a little bit of history. And again, keep looking around because every every aspect of the sap bush is different, and it really tells a different story. Right now, we're in a section where these single bucket trees, all hard maple trees, they're all uh, first time being tapped. They're approximately 50 years old, and they're ranging in diameter from uh, 8 to 12 inches. There's always been a bit of controversy with the family on how big a tree for the first time. Uh, I'd rather wait till it's 12 inches wide. Uh, the old timer next door says, start him at 8, let's go, I'll be dead by then. So, you know, uh, 
but the 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 theory is that you give the tree enough chance to get a maturity and to reach a a competitive height with some of the more mature trees but by that time that tree is a hundred years old there won't be any place left for a bucket so these first trees here we we'll take a look at some of them if you stay there but all these first ones in this group they're all very young okay so this is the first year that they've been tapped and you'll notice that the hard maple has its traditional moss but it has white lichen and that was one of my first first experiences of being able to identify a tree was a white lichen and it only will grow on these hard maples now dad always said well you're supposed to look up at the top if it's silver it's soft maple if it's red it's hard maple well I'd look up and I'd see the clouds going I get so dizzy I said oh whatever just tell me what to do you know but we have some soft maples in the background and if you look through the woods, you'll see a brownish type bark. Good trees with no buckets on. And the bark will be shaggy. And that's a soft maple. And actually our hard maples are, are budded out red at the top right now. So they're, they're really looking for a beautiful day like today. It's a bluebird day, both for fishermen and for the sap bush. We have no clouds. We got 100% sun. Right now there's a little bit of a breeze blowing and that brings the temperature down. It feels cold on your face. It's cold on the top of the trees. So it's, it's not having a chance to interact with the chemistry. And what we want is about a 40, 45 degree day, even more, bluebird day, and let's just take 30, 30 degrees at night, 28 point something. And it just slows everything down enough that when that sun comes up, that sap surges and runs up to those buds. So what we're doing is we're selecting an eastern exposure, a southern exposure, and a western exposure. A, a good run just starting. It's a late year, but it doesn't really matter. It could catch up. Mom and dad could be working 16 hour days for the next week straight, and then it'll stop just like that. They could work two days a week for three weeks, and come up with the same or less statistics. It's a, it's a variable that you have to be there to experience it. Hopefully there isn't a lot of cold and warm in between because if you don't gather the sap every day it will spoil or can freeze and expand in the old time buckets where metal with seams. So if they could expand and break. That's a lot of expense to a farmer back then. We've upgraded to a plastic spile and a plastic bucket just to modernize and, and uh, keep up with scientific and sanitized situations. Eliminated some of the old metals. Got really nice pure boiling pans, top of the line stainless steel. So even modern technology has trickled down to the, the simplest farmers to make things cleaner and uh, more efficient. What I'd like to do is continue on down uh, over to our gathering wagon and I want you to notice how the slope of the bush the sap bush is all graded we will go to individual areas and there will be a dump stations so we're gathering by buckets going to individual dumps, dump stations and it's flowing by pipeline to the next holding area and there will be stations all over and we have approximately I'm going to say 25 or plus acres of sap bush 
and everything is pitched and running downhill toward the different storage tanks. So let's take a break and we'll, we'll walk over and everybody catch your breath and uh, we're going to do a little question and answer later on too. So if you just want to hold on to them to the next section. So let's take a walk right on over the tractor path. There's some in the bottom there. I'm looking into the bucket now, and it, the sap is completely clear. It looks like water, and there the buckets don't have much in there right now. It needs to hold a bucket that could have uh, 8, 10, 12, 15 pounds of liquid in it for up to three weeks or four weeks. So the person driving the spile in has got a lot of responsibility, and many times the first time around gathering will take a small hammer and just give it one more little tap if we see it wet. But normally it's, uh, it's, it's quite a good system. First person will go along and drill, the next one will come along and put a spile, next one's got the bucket, the next one's got a lid, and it just, the more hands the merrier, and we don't get paid a lot by the hour, but the, the profits are pretty sweet, so. But we do get to deer hunt here, and, and we farm and sell hay, and we've learned forest management and conservation practices and so many different things uh, that you really, it's, uh, it's something that you have to reflect upon. We began this tour in front of the sap house, and then we made our way up into the woods, and now we're, we've circled around and we're passing the gathering cabin and heading back down to the sap house. I'm Dennis Muthick. I'm the number one son. How many are there? There's two. I have a younger brother, Gary. And what does the sap taste like as it's coming out of the tree? It's very sweet water. Very sweet water. And uh, different trees have different tastes, hmm. different formulas. Let's Thank you. Boost. You know what? I'm never again going to complain about the price of maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, uh, flat pans were in the early 1800s. And then they evolved from that into the evaporators in there. Every year it's something new. Yeah, something new. They're really looking for a beautiful day like today. It's a bluebird day. Well, cool. thank you again. Have Take a great care. day. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Leaving the Muthig Maple Syrup Farm. Barbara Sash, hi. So, maple syrup, springtime. Are you from around here? Yes. We moved up here when I was 18 months old, so I'm a native. I think that would qualify you as a local. Local yokel. <laughs> yes, a local. Do you know anybody that makes their own maple syrup that taps those trees? Actually, I do. I uh, know a gentleman that makes his own and taps trees. Barbara, do you like maple syrup yourself? I like anything sweet. And I didn't even know, I'm not from New York State, I'm not from the Catskills, but I didn't realize that there is so much maple syrup that comes from New York State. Yeah. Do you have any favorite trees? I find it amazing that that syrup comes from the sap of the maple the maple trees, and they are so beautiful as well year-round. All different kinds of trees, especially in the spring, when all the different spring-blooming trees come with the spirea and magnolias and all the beautiful trees that we have around here. It's really gorgeous. The lilacs. We have pretty hard winters. It's been a hard winter here in the Catskills. Do you feel something different as spring is approaching here? Energy. Uh, I feel a lot more energy. The sun. I love being outside in the spring. I'm an avid gardener. And just being outside and getting into the soil and the dirt and seeing things pop up, it's very wonderful for me.
Do you get your hands in the dirt and do you plant things? Yes. <laughs> what? She's showing me her hands. I don't know if Feel I believe her. <laughs> okay. Yes. I believe her. So what do you plant? Um, you name it, I plant it. A lot of flower gardens, water gardens, perennials. Um, I do some landscaping around for other people also. Thank you, Barbara. Hi, I'm Betty Cobiella. I come from Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'm here visiting the Catskills. Well, welcome. You shared with me that you were given some maple syrup, some fresh maple syrup from a friend. So you're taking that back, back to the South with you? Absolutely. It's driving home with me in a, in a special package. My family is awaiting it. It's very special because it's made from a loving friend who made it by, you know, with his own little hands from his own little trees. When did you first find out about how maple syrup is made? Do you remember even when you first tasted maple syrup? Nope, I don't remember first tasting it, but I do remember learning about how it was made. And that was not that long ago. It was as an adult uh, living up here in Cochecton, New York. One spring, my husband went and bought the sprouts or spigots that come out of the tree and we made our own maple syrup that year. How did that go? Delicious, wonderful. I didn't realize it was such a long involved process and took a lot of work. We pretty much did it almost every year after that for a long time and then we had children and we would do it with the kids so that they would learn how it was made and uh, then we moved down south. I don't know if there are any maple syrup trees down there so that's why the little container I'm taking home tomorrow is so very important because... It's homemade maple syrup. How do you use the maple syrup? We use it in lots of ways. Cooking, obviously, um, pancakes, oatmeal, uh, sometimes chicken, you know, honey mustard or something, and we use maple syrup. Well, thank you, Betty, for sharing your maple syrup stories with us. Thank you very much. Have a good spring. Why is spring, Betty? I just heard Betty say that spring was her favorite time of year. Why is spring your favorite time of year? Because there is such a sense of rebirth and regrowth. Uh, it's It just comes screaming at you with the blooms, you know, daffodils and the blooms on the trees and the smell of the air. It uh, really tells you it's here. The, the light of the day is longer. Just wonderful. So what's spring like where you're living now down south? We're in upstate New York in the Catskills speaking, but you live in the south. So what's the difference? I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, and it arrives early. February 1st, my daffodils are blooming. So it comes about six weeks earlier down uh, in the south. Tulips are already up and the Japanese maples are blooming. And the, it's in full tilt right now down in Charlotte. But we have the, the dogwoods that you have here. Uh, the one thing that's missing in, in the south that we don't have, in the, that you have here in the spring are lilacs. They don't exist down there. The equivalent for lilacs down there would be crepe myrtle, which is a similar look, but not as fragrant. And don't happen till August. Don't you be wasting all your money on syrup and honey because I'm so eating Don't you be using every minute on making a Three. 
Please. 